Trail Runners. Welcome to episode 17 of the Trail Runners Experience. I'm your host, Coach Daniel Ferrugia. On this episode, we get up close with Ina Shapiro. Ina is an Adelaide-based trail runner who has had an incredible debut year on the trail running scene. She has asserted herself as a formidable force in some extremely challenging races. Ina gives an insight into her background, her approach to training and life in general. As a Distance Runners Unlimited athlete, Ina is coached by me. So this episode is a good opportunity to learn about the coach-athlete relationship that we have. So sit back and enjoy the show. Okay, we're sitting here with Ina Shapiro. Welcome, Ina. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> Thanks for um, coming and have a chat. Um, yeah, so you have, uh, we'll just jump straight in, I suppose. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe. Um, I could start saying that I'm a trail runner, but that would be a lie because I've only really been trail running with a bit of a purpose for the last year. You only have um, to run one trail to become a trail That's true. Runner. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I'm also a bike rider. And I am also professionally a medical officer. A doctor. A yes. doctor, yes. Medical officer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is that the official term? I think so. It, yeah. it always comes up. You, you guys down here in Australia have these funny abbreviations and it's always MO and I learned that's a medical officer. Oh, okay. So I did not know that. I'm going to ask... From now on, to see, to go and see the medical officer. Yes, do that. Yeah, if I'm sick. Um, so you say down here in Australia. So where are you from? Um, I'm originally from Denmark, and yep. I've actually just had my 11th anniversary down here. Um, a couple of weeks ago. Wow, 11 mm. years in Australia, and um, so obviously you like it here, and this is home now. It is also home. Ah, also yeah, home. Yeah, I'm I'm one of those split personalities. Yeah. So I have a like. One place and I have like the other place. Yeah. Do you obviously get homesick? Not not as much when I'm here. I can yeah. kind of put that on a shelf. But when I have just been home to Denmark, I feel exquisitely yeah. homesick. Yeah. On the other hand, when I land back here, I feel home when I land. So yeah. it's a, a fun duality. Yeah, would be. I, I spent uh, 12 months in Japan. And in, I mean, it's probably a little bit different, but I remember, yeah, I got... Terribly, I love being there, but I got terribly homesick, and I, I don't know. So long term, mm. I guess it's different because you've built a bit of a life for yourself here. Yeah. yeah. But um, and so obviously one of your favourite activities, you're a very act, active person, and trail running has become a big part of your life in the last twelve months or so. Mm. And um, so where like so recently you've done some this, in two thousand eighteen you've done a few races. How many ultra marathons have you run this year? I think it would be four because one yeah. of them was actually a marathon but it was the buffalo stampede which i think most people count as an ultra so i yeah. would count that as well so i've done four it's got a little bit of climbing in it yeah <laughs> just time but yeah um no excellent yeah so you um i guess I'll, i might fill in a gap here so you emailed me um i don't know over 12 months ago now probably yeah about 12, that's probably about this time actually yeah and yeah. um to inquire about some coaching and so yes, you are one of my coach, one of my coaches, one of my athletes, and um, so we have worked together the last four months or so. And in that time, I mean, but that's not saying you've come from a place of being an unfit person. Um, 
You've done, we'll talk more about your ultras, but before you came to me, you were already very fit. And so can you tell us what sort of back, fitness background have you had coming up like in your life? Mm. I was actually not a very fit child or teenager. I'm very uncoordinated. And Denmark seems that suck and handball are the things that everyone do and like to do. Yeah. And I cannot get in touch with a ball without falling over it or hitting someone else. So I've <laughs> never really engaged myself in sports. Yeah, right. And then I think it was when I started studying medicine, I was living right across from an aerobic center. And every time I pulled the curtains apart, I was looking at these super fit people across the road doing aerobics. So I felt that was a call and walked across the road. And I thought that was heaps fun and got really engaged into that. And shortly after I was asked to be a part of an aerobic team for competition for the Danish national championships. And then I spent the next wow. seven years doing nothing but aerobics and competing in aerobics. That's amazing. So, yeah. So you, you seem like one of those people who you do something, you do it well. <laughs> <laughs> you're going you're mm. gonna to go to the nth degree with it. That's incredible. Um, I know I don't have much of an idea. I did do aerobics. I remember, it, I remember doing it as a teenager because when I was I've – been, I've been running my whole life. So I've got – I played soccer – but I remember my, my dad, who was sort of my coach at the time when I was a teenager, he was like, you should go to the gym and do aerobics as, a, as cross-training. And, you know, so when you're a 15-year-old boy going into an aerobic class with a bunch of women, <laughs> you know, it was cool. It's, it's not, a, not a bad place for no. a 15-year-old boy to be. But um, so, yeah, so uh, what, tell me a bit about what's the world of competitive aerobics like? Um, it's it's a very political arena actually because there's the whole gymnastics arena. All the old Russian and Eastern European gymnasts, ah. when they become too old to do gymnastics, they move on to aerobics, and they got a baseline fitness and strength that's just unbelievable. Wow! And you've got all the other European countries trying to butt into that, and then there's a a private corporation which is more the fitness centres, and they yeah. always. So the ones you see on TV are the private ones where they have small bikinis on, where yeah. the gymnastics actually have strict rules of how much you need to be covered. Yeah. So I've competed in both worlds, um, and there are some different um, rules and regulations and another outlook upon it. However, what I really enjoyed about that was the team effort because I never competed on my own. I always did either big group or trios and I've really enjoyed the work we did together beforehand. I'm not yeah. so good on stage, but um, I really enjoyed the group work that we did throughout all the training. It's kind of like a combination of dance and... Yeah, and coordination mix. and strength yeah. and flexibility. You, It's the biggest cross-training sport yeah. I can think of still now that I've tried other things. It, it You need to be able to do everything and do everything really well. It, it must be... Um, I remember when I did it back as a as a young man, finding I was very uncoordinated, you know, and like um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of parts where you're crossing the midline of your body, and and I always found that hard. And doing like a, any kind of turn, and um, so you you obviously can do that quite well. And um, yeah, would do you ever have you ever got back into? I, I, well, I did. It doesn't, does it even yeah. exist anymore? It is, I don't it, think so. It's all, there's all different yeah. versions of it now, isn't there? Yeah, and I reti I've retired, in, in quotation marks, in 2004. That was actually when I went to Adelaide and did the Worlds down here. That's why yeah. I knew Adelaide. Yeah. Um, but 
then I was called a year later by the group that was going to the European Championships that one of the girls had pulled out a couple of months, I think eight weeks before they were actually going to go to the Championships. And they said that they thought I was probably the only one who could step in and try to at least get the fitness up to scratch and learn the routine to go. So I did step in that one time and then I haven't done anything yeah. since then. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you miss it? Um, I miss the, the cross fitness in it and that I was strong mm. at so many things. But I think now that I'm doing trail running, the community feel I've gotten back again because that's yeah. how trail running SA is. Yeah, really. trail running SA. Mm. Oh, and just even... Yeah, yeah anyone, yeah, actually. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you, do you think, and I guess this is a question that people will probably have been thinking of because I've been thinking about it for a while. So do you think that has given you a proper, a good base fitness for other for moving forward? Obviously, because you've got to be a whole, sort of to do something like aerobics, you've got to be whole body fit, you know. You've got to mm. have the strength, core strength, you know, you've got to have cardiovascular fitness, you know. But, so after... Because after you went retired um, from aerobics, did you start riding, um, uh, what do you call it, like riding your bike more? Or yeah. did you start competing in that kind of stuff? Or? I probably ran more back then. I'm trying to remember. But my bike and I were not great friends. My bike was really my commuter element in Denmark because I didn't own a car for a couple of years. And besides that, everyone rides a bike in Denmark. So I didn't yeah. see it as anything you would ever do voluntarily or do for fun. Yeah. So my sports then, I, I ran a bit, not maybe every day, but not long distances and not with any particular wish. And then I went to the gym and did a few classes there for yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. It wasn't until I actually got down here and realized people were riding around because they liked it. Yeah. And, and then I got into it again. Yeah. No, it's great. So, and, um, no, it's excellent. And so your, um, your partner is obviously, he's a... Um, He's in, uh, a good cyclist, oh, yeah. and, and um, and so that probably helps. And so I know you you have very, you're very active in terms of, uh, which is probably very healthy for a relationship. You know, it's good to get out and and ride whether it's riding a bike, going for a run, going mm. for a walk, whatever. And um, so yeah, no, I'm just sort of going through the timeline of your, of your fitness life, and then so that brings us up to when you emailed me and we you wanted to um. The first thing you wrote in your email, if I remember, is that you had signed up for this race called the Buffalo Stampede, mm. and it was the 42-kilometer event, and I remember you literally emailed me the same day that I had actually in, had signed up for the 75K race, and and I was it, was, it sort of blew my mind that that, you, that email arrived on the same day, and then, um, but yeah, you hadn't, at that point, you hadn't run further than... 25 kilometers no and that's you, right and you wanted to learn you want obviously to go further and um so tell us about those first or tell me about what you did with your before you just before you emailed me what yeah. sort of running how, how the that you sort of got to the conclusion that you needed a coach yeah that's a good point because that, yeah. that was why did i suddenly think even i have actually done stuff on my own for many many years i I have been running and riding here in a combination, so I always try to divvy it up so I didn't overdo any joints, muscles particularly, but I never felt I was being particularly good at riding or particularly good at running. And with running, I seem to always um, 
try to run as fast and as hard as I possibly could, and that's potentially partly due to all the Strava, and yeah. you can follow yourself, and you're getting slower and slower, and that I just couldn't do that with feeling good about myself. So I started getting frustrated <laughs> over. No matter how much I pushed myself, I wasn't getting anywhere. And then I'd sign up for this race, which had a lot of elevation, and I'd actually done a little bit of trail by then because I went on one of the workshops that you did with. Cat, yeah, July that Catherine, last year. Catherine Marks, yeah, yeah. we did and a, a trail running sort of workshop and strength workshop and, yeah. um, to sort of teach people some fundamentals. Yeah. yeah, and I I had got a little bit of an idea of what I could work on, and it clearly it worked. Some of the techniques you showed us worked straight away. And then when I signed up for Buffalo, I thought, well, I, I need more than what I just got on that workshop. And I also want to get to Buffalo in six months without having injured myself trying to yeah. push myself so hard. So I actually need some guidance as to how to get it. And I, given I enjoy the workshop so much, I thought it was natural to contact you. Yeah, oh, no, it was, it's good. It, it's good. Um, probably a wise, I mean, aside from the fact that it's me, I think... You made a, it's a wise way that you came to the decision. Like I think a lot of people um, don't really realize the value of a coach, regardless of who that coach is. It is valuable, you know. Like, um, and so, um, so yeah. And so you went into. I remember when you came to me, and the, the I'll ask you this: What was the first thing I wanted you to do? Slow down. <laughs> That's right. I loved it. And you, you say that with a, a grin on your face because, yeah, you're, would you say you're a competitive person? I would say I'm a competitive person, yeah. yes. Yeah, and so and probably you're probably very hard on yourself and I and I think I spend a fair bit of time telling you not to be so hard on yourself. Yep. And, um, and um, yeah, but obviously it, it helps you get to where you are in your life as well, being competitive. You know, it's helped you with your career, I'm sure, um, and it's great. But I think... It, as a coach, I like you got to be able. I try and temper people's um, goals with a bit of realism and mm. a little bit of um, you know forethought. But um, so yeah, you, you slowed down, and then so and I think if I remember, I made you slow down for at least a month. Maybe was it? I made you just yeah. do nothing but really slow yeah. zone two running. Yeah. Was it a month or longer? I think it was almost longer because I was going away at that time, and I seem to remember that it was probably six seven, eight weeks, and then you start introducing some of your trail skills when I, after yeah. seven, eight weeks or so. Yeah, I think by that point you were really chomping at the bit to run faster. Yeah. But did you, you felt a bit better, I'm sure, like you're ready. Um, at, at what point during that first few months do you think that it sort of started to click, you know, or was it after yeah. that first few months? It was probably not until after the first few months, and to be frank the real benefit and that's where people are going to pull their hair is was really nine months after or ten months after because when i went to denmark in august this year which is 10 months after you started this i suddenly saw the massive change in my heart rate and my ability to run aerobic yeah and that had taken that long yeah i mean it starts back then but you don't really see the benefit until a year later i cut basically 30 seconds of my 1k time that's huge and yeah. still being in that zone and that is due to all that slow training i'm sure yeah i think so i mean the whole the theory behind it is you know you're building a big aerobic engine by going slowly mm. and without damaging your soft tissue too much you know because obviously 
Um, like I, I mean, I, I guess I've said a lot of this stuff to you before, but just sort of sharing it. The whole point of the zone two thing is we're increasing the mitochondria in our cells and our ability to use oxygen as a fuel supply. And um, I think once you've got all that, because you're already a very strong person, then I think that you really, um, yeah, it was really good to see you just running strongly and feeling good. And then I remember you, you asked me, you wanted to do a race in preparation for Buffalo. And I remember we had, we had a bit of a discussion and it's sort of the only thing that really fit into the calendar was this lovely little track run at the, the, at the, um, on the athletics track. It was 50Ks, the 50K, yeah. um, and it was in the height of summer, but it was night time. And uh, tell us a little bit about that. That was fun. So, yeah, that that is something I have done and will not do again. I heard someone else you interviewed say that is a brutal race, and that's exactly what I'll say. It was brutal. Um, we, you needed to make me believe you believe, but I didn't that I could do more than twenty one k's. And this, as you say, was really the one time I could do up the, near the fifty mark and and prove to myself I could do it. Um, so that was at the end of January, and it decided to be a really warm day, one of those 34, 35 degree oh, days. Oh, hot that, yeah. Oh, my God. And even when it got dark, that thermometer on the track kept going down to 33 and not really moving all yeah. night. Horrible. So it was yeah. so hot, um, and it was a real adventure with respect to getting your hydration right, your nutrition right, and just running it. it it was all new to me, all of it. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily get it quite right, particularly with the hydration and the food intake. But I was really proud of being able to run every single kilometer at exactly the same pace for 50 k. It was which, amazing. Uh, you, I, you ran close to the... You had an amazing debut, so you don't talk yourself down too much. You, you probably couldn't have got things much more right. You were the first lady... And by a fair way, you came, you, you top of the podium there, second outright. And I think if the race was probably two or three kilometers longer, you would have um, passed into first place because you just, I mean, you probably didn't have many more kilometers left in your legs, <laughs> but you went the way you ran. And I think this is something I really, um, a lot of people admired is you just ran with such, you maintained your technique and you just, you didn't look tired, even if you were tired. I think it's amazing how much just appearing strong can really help um, in a race. And so you, yeah, you pushed through, and I think you nearly caught that guy. I forget his name, but yeah, he he knew you were coming. He knew, <laughs> he knew you were coming, and it was it was wonderful to watch as a coach because I mean I I did that race too, and I had a terrible run, and I. I, I decided to um, throw in the towel after 35 kilometres because I was inadequately prepared, you know, and I'm, I'm the first to admit that if, I'm, if I wasn't prepared and I was, I was killing myself. And so, I, mm. you know, so I pulled the pin and it was okay because I, I turned around and still had some good race running later on in the year. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that was amazing. And how did it feel when you uh, finished that race and you were like, and you, you win? Yeah. And I was super proud of having been able to do something I thought was out of my league. That was yeah. really what it was. And the other aspect of that was you were there, my partner Darren was there, and a group of my friends had turned up on their way home from the pub. <laughs> and they had apparently been 
so shocked that I was ahead and stayed around. So there was a whole group of people who were just so enthusiastic and it, it felt really, really nice to be greeted when I finished that, um, that last couple of meters. But, oh, my God, I just needed to sit down and it hurt so much. Oh, it, was, it was hot just sitting by the, on the side of the track. And when I was running, I I, I thought my head was going to explode because it was so hot, and and hence the and I I I I run hot anyway, and so I think it was just it was too much for me. And so kudos to anyone that didn't finish that race, but um yeah, so you smashed that, and you, I mean a very different kind of race to Buffalo, however, like in terms of terrain, like you're mm. not going to get any flatter, and then um, but I think it gave you the confidence, didn't it, to move on yeah to the next thing, yeah. and so then we started putting some hills into your program. And um, lots of hills because yep. you needed to get ready. You had a couple of months to get ready for Buffalo. And then we fast forward to, to Buffalo Stampede. Now, I, I've talked about the Buffalo Stampede on the Ultra. On, on the, uh, the Buffalo Ultra that I did, I've talked about it on the podcast. So we don't need to talk about that. So I'd like to hear a little bit about your experience of the Buffalo Stampede Marathon. So um, it's... 42 kilometer course starting at the top of Mount Buffalo in finishing down in Bright and you had lovely weather as well <laughs> at different kind so you've had, you're, going, you're going from boiling hot track run to the experience at yeah. Buffalo like yeah that was it was as you described on the ultra it it rained and it was exquisitely windy and cold we didn't have the start that you guys had the day before where at least you had some dryness yeah. for a couple of hours. So we started in, I think it was two or three degrees on the top of Buffalo, and it was hammering down. And I was getting increasingly nervous about getting through this and staying warm enough. Mm. Um, and I must say that turned out to actually not be the biggest problem. It was probably more that I had not quite maybe mentally and maybe also in my training, not that I hadn't had heels put into my program, but I hadn't given myself in enough aggressive heels. In hindsight, I would yeah. probably, you, I watched what you were doing on Strava and you were doing a lot of Black Hill and I kept to Cleveland at the winter track, which is great, but it's just not great for the type of, of mountain to, to go To be fair, there. it's very hard to emulate what they have yeah. in that part of um, Victoria. You know, they're... they're the gradients on some of those climbs They're are just in, insane. Yeah. I, we're talking over fifty percent. You think of this, you take the steepest hill in any of the Adelaide Hills, and it's worse and longer. Yeah, and it keeps know? going and going. Yeah. So I just think I hadn't quite thought to myself how much I was going to climb at certain stages. The good thing was that I I had brought poles. Um, I should probably have practiced a bit more with it. But all in all, I, it was an experience in if you ever want to do mountain running like that what to focus a bit more on in, in another time. Yeah. But it was longer and harder than I thought it was going to be. Tough, um, tough day. Yeah. To be fair, you did tick all of your boxes. Yep, that's and I've true. said that to you before. It probably wasn't the funnest day out because you were, it was so cold and muddy and, and wet. But you finished it under your time goal, which I forget what it is right now. You placed pretty well. I know you placed well inside the top 10 ladies. No, yeah. I know. I, my dream was top 20 yeah. ladies, and I got 21, which of course oh, I was you? beating myself up with. Oh, yeah. you should be disappointed. In yes, I should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm disappointed. Um, no, but no, you, um, 
Yeah, and I mean, like, and you ran it, you you got through it where a lot of people didn't get through it, even mm. in, even in the forty two. Like there were people, there's a huge, <coughs> pardon me, a huge DNF rate. Lots of people dropped out because it was just unpleasant and cold and muddy, and made, making a hard race even harder. And so, but you got through it, and I mean, you, it was that was sort of your main race. But then you're like, no, I'm not done, not done with the year yet. And so you kept training, and, and the next thing you did, I think, was the Cleveland 50, is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. A couple of months later. Yeah. And pretty pretty hilly course as well. And yeah. how did you find that race? Um, <clears throat> I felt I was better prepared because one of the things you and I talked about after Buffalo was that I am, what I would say, maybe a mental runner in the sense that I need a good mental picture of what, what's ahead of me before I feel comfortable. Yep. So you got me out and running all parts of that course in various um, yeah. bits, which meant that I knew what I was doing and I felt more mentally prepared, which is a huge component of this longer trail running, I've realised. Um, and also it was my home area, so yeah. you know people and you know the places, so I felt a lot more prepared. And I enjoyed it a lot more. I was, again, you about that 35k mark, it's not that much fun anymore. And someone that I yeah. admire a lot out in the running course, Natasha overtook me in the last 10k's, which was totally deserved. But yeah, I think I, I don't, I know who you're talking about. I don't yeah. know her personally, but yeah, she, um, she's a strong hill runner. She's a very strong hill runner. Yeah. But that was where I started really hurting. Um, yeah. However, it was still possible for me to see the end of this and then you and Aaron met me at the last 700 meters and encouraged oh. me to just keep going which it's is really lovely incredibly painful finishing stretch isn't it just going oh, up, go, up, up, up 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 oh my I know. god i think i think it should be against race rules <laughs> to, to have an uphill finish yes everybody deserves a little downhill finish just a nice gentle downhill gradient yeah. so you can go so you, you can look like a like you're flying across yes, the line absolutely but no it Nobody wants to walk in the last few hundred meters because it looks terrible. Yeah. But it's all you want to do, I, you know. Yeah. So that's yeah. No. Um. It, it, you did really well again, and fifty k's. So that's your third ultra. We'll count Buffalo as kind of an ultra, um, a trail marathon. And you, I think you finished quite high up in the rankings again there. Top top five that time. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> no, that was excellent. And mm. then you thought, well, you go for the big Kahuna of the Adelaide running scene um, and that you had a crack at um at Urabilla. yeah and so that was only a few weeks back and so leading up to that tell me is there anything we did differently that, um, that sort of that we hadn't done before yeah I, I gave you the challenge that I was going to Denmark for three weeks leading up to Urabilla, which is the flattest of the flattest countries and how was I going to be running flat for three weeks and then doing Eurobilla. I couldn't really yeah. fathom how that was going to work. Not a lot of elevation. Mm, no. no elevation. <laughs> but you yeah. reassured me and said we could totally do it. So you put in a lot and lots and lots of hill training in June. Uh, you had me do um, Black Hill five repeats or something ridiculous like that. And Yasso's up to eight times on the hills. And you loved them. Yeah, I totally loved them. <laughs> and lots of hill stuff. And then I went to Denmark and, funny enough, didn't do any hills, but did longer distances when I was running. And I actually enjoyed that for some weird reason. Yeah. Um, it wasn't all on roads because they've got forests and 
and trails in that way. But it was actually nice not always being on hills. Yeah. Um, and I could suddenly see that I was speedier than I used to be, which was another nice thing. To be able to get that, just that consistent leg turnover yeah. is good too, isn't it? Like yeah, to be able to is. go, you know, sit on, even if it's an easy pace, but be able yeah. to sit on that for hours. Yeah. As opposed to, you go up a steep hill, I mean, no matter, even if you're taking it easy, you've got to, your, your pace is varying so much, yeah. you know? Like, absolutely. Yeah. Because suddenly you're running now yeah. for three and a half hours, not not having the walk pace in mm. between. So you're doing a lot of work. Yeah. 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 And, and then I came back and had two weeks where you had a little bit of hills for yeah. me and then tapering and... Yeah, and then, then Urabilla. And then, so you jumped into Urabilla, and tell us about the race, because it's a pretty popular race, and um, did you enjoy it? I did, and that is because I've learned a few things, and you taught me a few things. One of the things that's really needing to be, a, that needs to be a focus of mine, and you've tried to get me to realise for a long time, is try to stay in the minute that you're in, in the race, stay where you are, stay focused, because you're doing this mm. for a reason. You should enjoy the moment and enjoy what you're doing rather than keep on thinking ahead, oh, I can't do it, or I'm not strong enough. So I constantly try to think about how beautiful it was around me, how many nice people were around, and I was going to see you guys and Darren up this place and, and all the positive things in it. And it did me good doing that. It wasn't because yeah. it wasn't painful, because it certainly was, and I was yeah. thirsty at times and all that jazz. Keeping a positive mindset made it a lot more fun. Yeah. If it was fun. Um, well, we, you chose to do it. Yeah. I, I very, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it was my yeah. own choice. Um, That's it. But at a certain stage, you do think, "Why well, not?" Anyway. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I think every runner has that, and I, yeah. and I and I think as far as as far as staying in the moment, it works for me. And if you look at like um, people who study like mindfulness and like that kind of meditation. I see running as a form of meditation. It is for me, and I know it is for a lot of other people. And so staying in the moment is a big part of that. And so you you need and it, it might only make it five percent easier, five percent better in your mind, but it's it's still five percent. Yeah. Know? Like, yeah. but it, it can make a big difference sometimes. Yeah. You know, like so. Yeah, it's really good that you mm. stayed in it. It got quite warm in the latter yeah. part of that race, didn't it? Of, yeah, it's it's <clears> probably on the um. Temperature gauge it didn't look at as much, but what you told me and what was quite right was when you get to Morialto, that cliff face radiates all the heat. It does and like it an was, oven. Oh my so. god! And it was just getting to that midday time. Yeah. So it was really warm in Horsnell Gully when you get up from the gully. That's quite exposed too from the sun. It's so funny. Every year, even on on the cooler years, it's warm in that area. Yeah. It's just because it's so protected from the wind quite often, so you don't get a cool breeze. So and then. All the rock is hot. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that track that comes up from um, for any Adelaide locals or people who have done Urabilla. You go to the Deep View Lookout and there's an aid station there. Yeah. And then you go up that single track. That is just. And it's the worst. <laughs> it, it's just, it goes, it's a long climb. Yeah. I, in some ways, I think it's the hardest climb of the race, even though it's not the steepest or the mm. longest. But it's just because of the loca- it's It's quite technical. Yeah. It's very, and it's hot. Yeah, but then you get to there and you get a nice downhill. Yep, that's and, um, true. And then you made it to Black Hill. Got up the orchard track with yep. painful legs. And then I put in my mind that it was all downhill from there, which kind of is. There's just that little link trail, one kilometre where it's a bit of climbing again. 
Mick Keat came running the other way yeah. to catch up with some people and that was enough to give me a little bit of an adrenaline injection going, yes, I can do this, there's someone I know up there. And I got down to the bottom of Black Hill, I think probably a K or one and a half from the Oval and Kate was there, your wife. My wife. Who Lovely is Kate. just the most enthusiastic and amazing person and she was she just is. giving me so much encouragement and talking me up and got me through the last bit. She went out looking for you. And she yeah. I think she was cheering a lot of people through, but when she found you, but then she said to me later, she was worried that she was going to upset you and will piss you off. Oh, my God. But no, no. but no, it no, is no. good to see a familiar face, isn't it, in that last part. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, you came across the line, and it was really, I was so happy. And you ran a killer time, 6.15, yeah. for your first Mirabella. Um, it's really amazing. And, like, and the most amazing part is... You did it all with a, 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 ba a bad foot. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you've been sporting a bit of an injury for a, for a little while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, since Cleveland 50, probably, I thought it was actually because my shoe had some damage to it and I had a rock in my shoe that was how I felt, but it just kept feeling like that for a long time. And when I started running a lot of flat in Denmark, it got pretty bad in my front foot so I started thinking I wonder if this is what they talk about when they say you've got a stress fracture every time you put your foot on the ground it feels yeah. like a knife is jabbed into your foot however it, it hurt almost more when I didn't run afterwards so yeah I thought given I can actually run on it and it's just pain I'm just going to ignore it and do your abilla <clears throat> yep. which I did and then I did actually go and and see a physio and got an MRI and I've got some bursitis and some ligamentous changes in my forefoot that I'm now trying to get to calm down so I can get back on the trails. Yeah, no, I think you um your your um your mental you I mean as a as a medical a medical officer mm. <laughs> <laughs> you probably wouldn't recommend that people do what you did. No. But I wouldn't. I, I think I I do understand I think every runner understands the whole idea of just putting off that thing until yeah. I mean if you couldn't run your then body, would, your body yeah. would have told you. Mm. Your body said, "No, you're not running." Yeah. You know, if it was a, if it was an actual proper broken bone or a, you know, like a fully, yeah. So, yeah. but um, yeah. So, it's slowly getting there. Yeah, it's it's definitely better now that I haven't yeah. run for a bit over two weeks or haven't mm. done too much footwork really. Um, I'm gonna try slowly starting up again because it is driving me a little bit mad not being able to run. I mean, I'm. Come back on my bike a bit, but it's not quite the same. No, now you've you've fallen in love with the trails, and mm, um, yeah, that's yeah, it. you um, yeah. So, but so how so how does it feel being a bit injured and not being able to do, like? Yeah, I, I think I'm in the luck position that I can do some kind of alternative training because yes. I can imagine someone like Erin who's been injured for some time. It must be a mental game when all those yeah. endorphins and as Kate said mm. that receptor thing that goes on at the same time it drives yeah. you nuts not being able to do anything because you've got so much drive in you yeah well you are a very driven person i think and um therefore yeah it would be really hard i mean i look i've been injured i mean i'm very lucky not to have haven't had any stress fractures from running but I, it does happen to the best runners and so you but you do you if when it's or, or any injury basically sometimes just it takes time and just going to mm. give your body time to to heal and um but yeah like you say you're, you're riding and in a couple of weeks 
you'll be um, helping me out a little bit yeah. um, as I run the Heisen 105 and you'll be able to help me as I stagger home in the last <laughs> yeah, the last <laughs> however many kilometres. So hopefully I'm, I'm still in a running state of mind when I get to the last, you know, 15 to 20 k's and and you'll be able to actually do some running otherwise we'll just be walking and yeah. you'll probably be fine yeah that, that's, that's true no, yeah. full of encouragement yeah no it, it'd be good so that'll be an interesting experience so um you have no burning desire to, to run a full 100k just yet no not really i quite enjoy that thing about finishing in the afternoon and have the rest of the day to just calm down and hang out with a couple of people have keep, lunch yeah <laughs> keep running until it's dark again and continue that pain you start having around yeah. the 40k mark no not, yeah. not yet no no nope. i'm not sure that that's gonna ever happen no mm. it's um it's all fun it's all fun and games um so yeah all right i was just gonna ask you also being a doctor and you work in a pretty crazy um part of a hospital you work in the emergency department yeah and um you so you're, I mean, you have a very busy work schedule. How do you um, fit your training in around your work schedule? And like, that's something that I think a lot of people really want to know. And staying motivated, because I know you do run at some pretty crazy times sometimes because mm. you just have to get it done. Yeah. yeah. Um, with respect to staying motivated, I think it, it helps a lot to have a coach who puts down a program and tells you what to do. It actually makes my life easier too, because all I have to do in, with respect to running is look at what you put up for me for the day but running is also my escape from all the stress and the craziness and some of the badness that i see every day because when i'm out running i'm not really thinking about anything else but that i'm running but their activities yeah that's so great. that is my my secret and sacred place that is my running yeah. so i need it um and i want to put it in there because i need it as much as i need to be good at being at work yeah um but you're right it, it's tricky to put in and i think the tricky part about my kind of job is that i sometimes do get home from shift at 1 1 30 or 2 a.m and i have to be back at work next morning again <sighs> yeah um, so and hard. in between that i also need to put a run in yeah um so you just sometimes don't have more than four or five hours of sleep if that can even do it um, and you get your running and done, and then you're very tired the next evening. But you sleep a lot <laughs> in between s- that. And you've got to sleep. It's important. Yeah. And look, I, it, sometimes I think I wish you slept <laughs> instead of running. Yeah. But I know I do also understand where you're at. You kind of need that run yeah, as well. I do. Yeah. And then, of course, if I have to start at six o'clock, I sometimes have to get up at four to get my run in. So it's just some of those. It's a decision I made. I want to do this. So yeah. um, it's not that anyone's telling me to. But I'll also say that regardless of what profession you have or what job you have, I, having said that, I do know not having children, of course, helps me just deciding my own schedule. But if you want to do something, even though you've got a busy professional life, you can do this stuff. You yeah. can put your training in as an equally important factor in your life. So absolutely, yeah. So you don't have to. Um, I mean, you like I say you. I mean, how many hours a week do you think you work? You forty plus? Are you working? Yeah, I would say that we are paid and rostered for thirty eight hours. But with what I'm currently doing, I would say probably near the forty five fifty mark. Yeah, sometimes. And you still manage to squeeze in your 
to training yeah. and yeah so it's amazing and so and look and yeah i think that's something that people will really um get a lot out of a lot of i think a lot of inspiration out of um you described you have described to me in the past that my that the training plan is like an an advent calendar like yep. a christmas so you get to open up what's on the next day yes. so very exciting so so i did try and obviously there is some repetition in all programs it's important to have you know like a, a sort of a, a scheduled whatever easy run on a particular mm. day or whatever but um yeah i do try and vary it a bit um so right now because of your injury you've sort of i've had you sort of you're sort of floating between programs mm. How are you finding that? <laughs> um, I'm 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 probably going to be struggling if if I don't sit down and make some kind of schedule for after we've done the um, the hyacinth at the end of the mm. month. Yeah, I I need some type of structure not to lose my marbles. I reckon. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> totally, I'm not not going back to the, my bad habits of just running shorter and faster all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. yeah, and because you're so pressed for time, I think that's something that you probably have done in the past yeah got to get yeah. as much in as i can in a short period of time yeah absolutely absolutely which can be dangerous um no don't worry i'll get you onto it now that you once you start moving again look i don't pretend to be a personal trainer so i can't really i mean you you see all the right people in terms of physios and mm. that for your um rehabilitation but like yeah we can we'll definitely get you up and running again even if it is very slow and <laughs> yeah. yeah but in your Coming up next, you're hoping to do the summer trail series. Yes, yeah. I hope that I can get time off to do some of those. Yeah, that would be a fun one. That so that's Ultra Runners SA event, and it's kind of yeah the summer opposite of what just of the trail running SA series, which has just come to an end. And um, yeah, that would be great. I think you'll do really well at those races. Um, have you done any of those races before? I did one last year. I did Ansys Hill. That was the only one I could do, and that was. Yeah, I thought it was really well organised. It was yeah. similar to the trail running SAs and the same nice atmosphere and the same people. So it's, it's yeah. nice that there's something going on over summer too. It's great, yeah. I mean, it can be challenging sometimes. It, even it can be hot. Yeah. I think um, the races are pretty early in the morning, so they're, they're doable. Yeah. But I have there was one, one year at Cleland, it was one of those nights where the temperature didn't get down below 30 degrees all night. Oh, God. Turned up to do the race at Cleveland, and it was from the sweating before you even started. Yeah, it was a really, but it was it was alright. It was better than running the middle of the day. <laughs> but yeah, um, so no, that's that's really good. And look, I I want to do. So I think um, yeah, no, we we'll probably might jump into the next part of the um the final part of the podcast, um, and and that's where I get to ask you the five questions, my fast five. Fast five, yes. Yes, you've probably heard the fast I, five. No, I have. I just, um, okay, so the fast five, are you ready? Yep. All right. Question one, what is your favourite running film or documentary? I've had to add that. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Because I'm a pretty newbie to all of this. So the only one I have ever watched that had some running in it was Forrest Gump, <laughs> which is one of my favourite movies anyway. It's a good movie. I've um, had that answer quite a lot, actually. And the other one that could potentially come in, but I'm not sure that I enjoyed it, it was one you suggested to me, the guy who does the Appalachian Trail, the documentary. Uh, um, Carl Meltzer. Oh, um, God, that yeah. was painful. but So yeah. I didn't enjoy it. I, I was more... Totally yeah. and utterly 
surprised by someone putting themselves through this. So I would say yeah. favourite, I would yeah. go with Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump. Yeah. yeah, it's good. But now that Carl Meltzer one, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I have talked about it before on, on the podcast. It's a really good one. I love it. I think he's an amazing guy, but yeah. 2,000 miles. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. a lot. And like hilly ads. Um, okay, question two. Do you have a dream race? And what is that dream race? I do. Um, I was going to say, which one of the two should I say? The Labrador Trail in the Dolomites is currently probably the one that I'm mostly f- focused on or fantasizing about doing one day. Yeah. Which I've realised is one of the ultra marathon in that group of UTMB and UTMF. I didn't know that, but I, I'm not in any way intending to do the long one, which is 125. But I'm tossing between doing the 42 or the 87k one. I think I'll see yeah. how this year goes and, and maybe making a plan for 2020 on that one. That sounds amazing. Yeah. All right. I, it sounds like a beautiful part of the world too. Yeah. Um, question three. What do you? What is your favourite post-race treat? What do you like to spoil yourself with after a race? Yeah, what do I like? Immediately after a race, so Trail SA has got these amazing mini brownies, oh, one yes. in one in that hand and one in the other hand, which is a watermelon. So that mix is just amazing for some reason. So yeah. watermelon and and brownie right after those the brownies are well. amazing i think it's uh maurice that makes them um who has been doing it for years oh my god it, yeah oh, they're incredible brownies yeah. and he has like the peanut butter through them yeah somewhere. they do yeah i know i like them yeah. I, I seriously i think you gotta you gotta run a race to justify having because then you can have like six of them <laughs> yes you know? that's true so, but otherwise they're too good yeah. um okay question four i think i know the answer to this question so road or trails? Trails. Okay. Yeah. I think trails is winning. Um, right. Roads has a pla- its place too. I realised that this year, but, yeah. but overall trails. Trails. Excellent. And number five, complete the sentence. Running gives me... Inner peace and In- happiness. I inner think. peace and happiness. That's a good one. I haven't had that one before. That's, that's excellent. All right, Ina, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure working with you, and uh, I look forward to um, seeing you do well in the future. Thank you. Fun yeah. working with you too, Daniel. Yeah. All right. So look out for Ina on the trails. She'll come flying past you. <laughs> uh, okay. Talk again soon. Yep. that brings us to the end of episode 17. I hope you enjoyed the show and got something out of it. Hey, would you like to learn how to run just like Ina? Why don't you shoot me an email and I can help you out. My email address is distancerunnersunlimited at gmail.com or lowercase or one word. Don't forget to favourite this podcast and leave a five star review. It only takes a minute but it really helps me out. Cheers. Until next week, happy running.